Hi, I'm John. And I'm Cecilia. Welcome to Crazy Cat Paranormal Speaks. Hey, Crazy Cats. Our next caller is John John Montelongo. And John has had a very long, active career in the paranormal. And when I first started coming out on social media and trying to figure out what's what and everything else... I don't know if John John remembers this, but he was part of a small group of folks who kind of took me under their wing and guided me a little bit in the early days. (laughs) I mean, it was a year ago, but it seems like so, so long ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, And and I really, I really appreciate that. I mean, you guys did, you don't know how much you did to boost my confidence because I'm not a social media person. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of a hide in the shadows kind of person. So I appreciate that. Yeah. John, John, why don't, you, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, how you got started, and go from there. Well, I'm John John, of course. Uh, that's what I go by. As far as the paranormal, uh, I guess you would say I'm kind of like the rare ones who literally was born into this. So um, when I say that, meaning like I really grew up in, I mean, as far as I can remember as a, as a baby, uh, experiencing stuff, knowing what's Certain things were just, I mean, I basically really legitimately grew up in it. In it. Um, of course, you know, as I got older and teenage years came by, you know, um, hanging out with friends became more of a priority and then focusing on this, you know, just how teenagers are. As soon as that was over uh, and I started paying attention to, like, what's really going on in my world, um, the paranormal seem to come out of the shadows, so to speak. And then my abilities that were always there shined a little bit more. But of course, back then I didn't know what they were or how to adjust to it or any of that stuff. I mean, there's like like a handbook back then that you can just pick up and just, you know, go pick up on and read it. I mean, there probably was, but if I, if there was, I didn't, (laughs) nobody pointed me in in that direction, but um, pretty much everything that I've learned about myself was self-taught until literally one day went to investigate uh, Tombstone and uh, with, a, with a smaller group uh, of uh, paranormal people and just kind of going shop to shop. And right before we were going to get into the Birdcage Theater, there was this, um, this woman who was, uh, I guess she owned a shop right next to it. Um, and she just pulled us in, started talking to our group. And there was only maybe like one, uh, I think about five of us. And then herself and then two of her employees, uh, we were just all talking and then just kind of like in the middle of the conversation, she just points me out and she just says (laughs) right then and there, you're special. And I was like, what? (laughs) She's like, yeah. She didn't mean short bus special. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. But the way she singled me out, I was kind of like, me? Really? There's nothing special about me. And she called me over, and then she was just like, uh, you're a clairsentient. And I was like, uh, I don't know what that is. So she basically <clears throat> gave me like a little note and wrote it down, all the little things and what to look up for. And she said, well, if you're staying the night, I imagine that you are. Go to the hotel room, do the research, and if all of this fits you, if all this if this description fits you, then I want you to come back and talk to me tomorrow. I was like, all right. So I mean, yeah, literally everything, the the feelings, the scene, just the energy. I mean, all of it fit. Wow. So I was like, okay, this this got me intrigued. Like really, I was like, okay. 
went back to her and then she just told me, okay, well, <laughs> she gave me like a class one-on-one right then and there and was just like, well, do you see this? Do you see that? How do you feel about this? And I was just like, what in the world's going on here? You know, we even did like a weird exchange of energies by kind of holding our hands up, but not touching each other and just kind of pushing with our energies. I didn't know about, I didn't know I could do that until she was teaching me. And I literally learned like that. And then once I got home back to Texas, it was literally like a can of worms just opened. Like every eye, I guess, so to speak, every door opened up inside of me. And I was just like, man, I was on a roll there. <laughs> so, John, can you explain clairsentient for our listeners who might not know? Uh, the clairsentient is someone who can read emotions, pick up emotions. Uh, like if you're in a room with somebody and just you, you're able to pick up on somebody's sadness, happiness, uh, how even if they're irritated, you're able to pick that up from them. And even if, if, if you're more in tuned with it, you can just even just by a simple text message, and this, this person can be like states away and you can be able to pick up on their energy and how their mood is and everything like that. Um, if you're, if your ability in the clairsentient department is like really in tune with it. Uh, so for me, I've always had that and I just never really had a name to it. I just knew like I felt certain ways about people. I could read them very well. Um, so when she had told me that, that's what, that's what hit me the most. But then like soon the other abilities started opening up and I was kind of like, oh, so that's what that is. And oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so it was just like domino effect and everything was just laid on the table for me. So so did you have experiences when you were younger and just kind of dismiss them or did things not really start popping for you until after this encounter? The youngest one I've experienced was, and it's weird because not now, there's there's I was quite a there's a small group of people who can remember when they were babies, um, but for me, there's one experience in particular only because I found out later that that house was actually haunted, and there's a lot of things going on within that house. But I remember specifically, and this was in oh my gosh, what town was that? I think it was I want to say Alton, Texas. So it's like in the West Texas, like you go out there and the thing this this is. Probably your best friend is like a tumbleweed, but you know, it's like way out there. <laughs> but um, I remember specifically going to my family's house, my aunt's house, and I believe I was just walking and I remember standing at the foot of the steps, just looking up at this, at this figure who looked like a woman and it was calling me up the stairs. Um, that always stuck with me. And like I said, I was probably a toddler back then. But then like I, as I grew up more, I started asking about that house. And then I found out later, like, my cousin was actually affected by it. Um, there was, like, a shadow that was in there that he kind of befriended. Um, they even went as far as getting a priest to go bless the house, and he ran out. He ran out of the house. That's not a good sign. Yeah, that's not a good sign. So, like, he said that he did not want to do, go upstairs, and something growled in his face, and he just turned it outside. So that was literally my first experience, as, like, as far as I could, as early as I could remember. But... I mean, things didn't go undismissed, so to speak. You know, I always kind of put that in my pocket, you know, for a later type of thing. I knew I knew it existed, but uh, like I said, I wasn't really very much into it that much back then. 
I was mainly focused on sports and, you know, trying to get a scholarship and fighting, you know, like combat sports and stuff like that. So that's what my, my, my main focus was, but I mean, yeah, I've seen shadows. I, I've even heard them. I felt them. They jumped on my bed. I've seen, I mean, you name it. I've, I've, I've encountered it almost. So, and that's been going on in my entire life, really. Wow. So after this encounter, mm-hmm. did things like pick up speed and just start waving to get your attention? I mean, there's, I mean, there's a quite a few, uh, I guess, things that have played out. So, if I was to tell you, like, yeah, I nearly died almost like five times, <laughs> you know, people say like, yeah, that kind of opens up doors because you're like right there on death's door, you know? So that's happened to me at least five times. I guess when I really started paying attention to it was when am I in my mid twenties almost. And that's when things started. Like I would hear disembodied voices that would literally come right into my ear and I would hear them like plain as day, just like say my, they, they would say my name, like John, you know, but it's more, it was more than a disembodied voice because you can actually feel the breath, you know, yeah. in the, in, in my, my ear, you know, so uh, I left it alone for a little while because I just didn't know what to do with it. Um, and then, of course, my dad being who my dad was, you know, he was very, uh, he was a spiritual healer. And my family's lineage is very, how you say, um, troublesome a little bit when you're dealing with like um, necromancy and black magic and voodoo and all that other stuff. So my my family ties are very much tied into all that. So. Um, Coming, I mean, I don't want to call myself anything like, I guess a witch is too strong of a word, so I don't really want to say that, but it's in my blood, you know, on both sides of my family. Um, So, like, everything just started coming together, I guess, when God kind of knew, like, hey, I think you're ready for this, is when it started coming down more. It's when I started noticing more, when things started happening a little bit more. And that's kind of changed where I was back then till I am right now. And that's a big transformation from where I was back then till I am now. Um, just a lot of things played out for me. I was on a weird path too as well. And it kind of led me in the right direction where I should be, so to speak. That's pretty cool. Actually that you're, you're heading where you think you should be heading. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people can say that. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it took a, it took a, a, a major case a residential for me to finally put me in that direction, but I'm glad it did. Even though it was one of like one of the eye openers I've ever had, but you know, I'm I'm glad it happened. So now, are you allowed to talk about any experiences with that case? Um I can well yeah I am. Um I I have to I'm literally going back up there again because uh, they're experiencing more stuff uh again so I have to go back up there. But I can tell you as much as as much as this. So like um this falls on the abilities again. So I have like, I started developing like visions and stuff like that. And just like little sequences I would pick up here and there. And I would just, I learned to just start writing and, and kind of noting everything that I would pick up. So I started making a journal. I started doing, making a sketch journal, whatever it was I would pick up, I would literally just sit down and write it out and just leave it there for later. So um, in 20, I say, what was it, 2019? Yeah, so 2019, I had this weird vision of me going down a road, and then it splits off to the left and to the right. Now, I see 
the way the road looks. I I felt like I was there. Um, I didn't know what it was. So, but for the longest time, I just didn't know. So, um, and then I started getting these feelings about I need to prepare. Um, I don't know for what, but I need to prepare for something big that is coming along. And mentally, I was just like, okay, well, I got to get in the right mind frame for this. So let's do it. So, you know, I started getting closer to God and getting more spiritual and just trying to prepare myself spiritually because I knew that what I'm going to face is not going to be physical. Of course, you know, it's going to be spiritual. So I didn't know when it was going to come in. I didn't know how, when, where, or any of that stuff until I got a call from another another investigator who needed help on a demonic case. And the demonic case was located in Wisconsin. So uh, I said, sure, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll, I'll help you, and, and we'll see what's going on. This case was, oh, my gosh. Um, the, the little girl was literally seen like some kind of big blob that had, like, knives for hands. Oh, wow. Um, there was a, a portal there as well, a couple of portals there. I can say, like, the husband and wife were at each other's throat as far as, like, religion. Uh, she had burned the Bible and torn the Bible apart. Shadows, growling, scratches, uh, even to the point to where whatever was in the house was telling, the at this time, the teenager to go, you know, murder her family, you know? So, um, we went over there with all this happening. And as I literally stepped my, my first step inside the house, it was like, they were looking at me with so much anger. Like I was not supposed to be there. Like it was, it was that type of look. And I was just like, Oh shit. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Like, okay, well maybe this is what I'm prepared for. So, um, yeah, we, we literally spent almost a week there and it seemed like after the first couple of nights, it was like, I don't really like to say I performed an exorcism because it was not, I performed like a rite. So it was just to, it was just to detach any attachments away from the family and from the land. A, a cleansing. Yes. A cleansing, but a little bit more extreme. <laughs> so okay. I literally did that. I literally did that for almost three or four days straight uh it wore me out spiritually and emotionally literally the day before i was supposed to leave it this was like one of the worst ones the worst days of the, of the cleansing i got in touch with something face to face uh i literally i mean if you want to get i don't i mean i don't know if anybody's had a close encounter with with like a demonic presence but I would say that that night was like probably the the closest I've ever been to one. Like I literally was protecting the teenager um, from that demonic presence coming up the stairs to her. So what I did was I formed a line with, I guess I formed a line in the living room and I put a Lord's prayer and I said the Lord's prayer to not let it come past that, that line that I drew. It was not allowed. So as soon as I put that line on the floor and I kneeled right in front of it so I could step right in front of it, I literally felt the two feet, the, the steps coming towards me. And we're on the second floor. So each step that it took, it had a, it vibrated the house. And I literally felt it like come right in front of me and kind of just kneel right in front of me. And I could feel 
the energy from it and I could feel like it's breath on my face. Yeah. And I was like, I am not going to move and I'm not going to move. And it, it, it was just, I mean, we had like a standoff, you know, and I just focused and I, I, I did my prayers and it went, it took off. That kind of opened the door for me a little bit to like, okay, I can do this. You know, this is my calling. This is, this is what I'm supposed to do. That then following the morning, it's when I started praying over everybody again. And this is like the worst day and it, they were growling and everything like that. And it was just, it was just very warm. It wore me out. Um, I would imagine. So much I had to go. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it wore me out so much. I had, I needed to go outside to release that energy that I guess I was trying while I was trying to get rid of it. It was trying to encompass me. It was trying to get inside me. So I was like, Nope, not going to happen. So I, I broke away after my, after my last prayer. I went outside and I tried to, to just decompress and just get it out. And I'm walking and pacing back and forth and I'm away from the house and it's snowing. We're in the mountains and I'm, I'm closing my eyes, just trying to pray, just trying to pray. And then I, I end up in the middle of the road and I turn to the, my left. And when I turn to my left, there's the road that I've always envisioned for that past year. Wow. And it's literally right in front of me. And I'm like, okay, God. I see what you're saying now. I was like, either work with me or not. Here's your choice. Do what you got to do. So I was like, okay, I'm with you. So it was like I got re-energized and boom, went back inside the house and do what I had to do. <laughs> and that was that was the, the beginning of where I am doing what I'm doing now. Do you, do you travel a lot to do residentials? Yeah, I travel a lot. Like uh, my so far, I've done. Wisconsin's probably the, f- the furthest away. I've had uh, people reach me, reach out to me in Oregon, uh, Idaho, California, uh, New Mexico. I, mean, we, we, I think we went to New Mexico. I can't remember. Um, all over the state of Texas, pretty much. Uh, so I'm hardly ever home. <laughs> <laughs> Very rarely home. Now, do you specialize in anything like um, like the cleansings, or is it straight on investigations? So what kind of separates me a little bit is I don't know if it's, I, I, I haven't really encountered anybody who uh, does the same thing that I do, <clears throat> meaning that um, because of my abilities and for some reason, I'm only, I can only really communicate with a darker energy. Huh. Um, they, it's weird because like once I'm around them, I can, I know what they're, I know what they're doing. I know what they're thinking. I know their game plan. I know where they're hiding. It's like almost like a metal detector. I can sit in the house and just kind of follow that energy. Like I know exactly what they're going to do. I know exactly what they're going to say. It's, it's odd. It's like, that's what your frequencies are tuned to. Yeah, that's what that, and it's and it's weird because I can't pick up. Like, if you go, if you're going to tell me like, yeah, we're going to go investigate a house that there, there's a grandpa and a, and a child. I'm like, dude, I'm not being any good, you know, because I can't pick up on that. I can't pick <laughs> up on, on on normal things. I cannot pick up. So if I go into your house or I go to a location and my my spidey senses start going off, then yeah, you got something there. <laughs> yeah, you got an issue. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Do you think your family history might dictate some of that? I believe so. Yeah, I believe that. Um, I tried. And I don't know if I succeeded or not, but I've tried to break those generational curses because of what they've done. But I don't know if it's, I don't know if it is because of that or it's just 
what God intended, so to speak. Well, yeah, if it's if it's how you're wired and it comes down through your DNA, at least you're using it in a positive way, in a positive direction. Yes. Yeah, because I've had some people who try to influence me to go to the dark side, so to speak, like Star Wars. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, and they would always say, like, yeah, you, you would be great for this side. You would be great over here. Um, but it was always like, man, I'm, I don't think so. You know, I think I'm more, I think I'm more called for this side on this, on, on this side of things. And of course my, I guess my work speaks for itself because if you believe in getting marked, meaning like if you've done so many cleansings and cast outs and ritual, uh, not rites, rituals, but rites, uh, and minor rites of exorcisms, then you start getting known in that, in that demonic world. And then you become marked, you know, so it's gotten to the point now to where I don't even have to be at a case where they'll call me out. Uh, they know me. They don't know me by John. They'll say John, John. It's taken its toll a little bit. And even with like, like team members, I'm, as you, as you probably know, I'm like, I, I, I post a lot about it. Like I'm on technically three teams. So I'm on blue bonnet paranormal. Then I have my dark explorers team. And then I'm on the, into the fear team, which, you know, it's more, it's more for filming, but, um, it takes a toll on, it can't take a toll on all my, on all the teams, health wise, you know, personal issues and stuff like that. It's a lot to deal with, so to speak. Sometimes they can and can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of lost a team member to something similar to that. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. She kind of ran screaming yeah. into the night and won't come back. Um, Given that you seem to attract and deal mostly with the darker entities, Mm -hmm. do you have a problem with them coming home with you? That's the weird part. It's like I'm not really affected by it. At least, at least I don't think. Like um, after a bad case, I mean, most of my team is like, "Man, I can't sleep. I can't do this." Once I get home, I'm like, "Eh, I'm out. I'm going to bed." You know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really, I mean, now when something brand new, uh, like a higher up that I haven't dealt with before, uh, I have encountered those to where they know that I'm coming, of course. So they try to prevent me from coming to that location or coming to, I guess, do work against them, you know, so they haven't really gotten into my house, but I literally have seen some outside my window and I'm not talking like it's on the glass. I'm talking like I can literally see them like on the road facing me and pacing and we we can see the horns. Stalking your home. Yeah. And I can see them, you know, and I'm like, I've even drawn out one who I'm still kind of dealing to this day. Um, dealing with to this day, I literally saw his face in detail and I kind of drew it out, you know, and I was like, this dude looks like the one I picked up in Kansas and the one I seen in Mineral Wells and then the one I seen in Bartlett, you know, it's, I'm like, okay, well, this one is the one that's, he's one, he's wanting to play the game now. So let's, let's do this. <laughs> he's kind of stalking you around the globe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do have, well, that's another thing too, is like, um, a lot of my cases are kind of like almost related to each other. It could be something that I would pick up or do a deal with a case right now. And then I have a name come through. And then later on in a couple of months, somewhere in 
I don't know, Pasadena or something like that, that that similar trait, that, that name will also be there. And then it would actually call me out. There has been a lot more scarier stuff that's happened. I guess I can tell you about this part. So like, I don't know if it's getting to the point to where it's, it's influencing people to communicate with my case managers and then threatening my case managers to, to stop calling me to cases or they will, or they will do something with me. I have screenshots, of course, you know, cause I need proof for everybody. So I do have screenshots from, I'm not going to say her name or anything like that, but because of what's happening, but I do have a case manager in South Texas who randomly got a phone call from an unknown phone number. Um, and of course, you know, nowadays you, you have to do like apps and all this other stuff for your phone number not to come up. So um, it was virtually an unknown. She let it ring the first time, let her ring the second time. So the third time she was like, oh my God, she was calling me. So she picks up the phone and it's kind of like white noise in the beginning for like the first 15 seconds. Huh. And then uh, a voice comes through and says, if you do not stop calling John, we will possess him. And this is not a threat. And then hangs up. Huh. Wow. So <laughs> um, she said it was very monotone. Um, didn't have no any emotion to it or anything like that. It was just like a voice that was there on the phone. Just um, delivering a message. Yeah, just delivering a message. Like, I'm here to tell you, stop calling him. Is she okay? Uh, she's okay. okay. Uh, she's okay, but she, she's, uh, she's like, that's never happened. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I don't know if it's ever happened to anybody else. It's never happened to me. This, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I hope not. <laughs> but it's like, okay, now, so are we getting to that point now to where it's getting, it's influencing people to start doing its deeds to get to, to stop me from coming to the next cases and all this other stuff. Probably so. I'm even more guarded now than ever because of that. You know, I kind of feel like, you know, I, I I'm, I'm marked, you know, so I'm preparing myself for whatever is next. So, yeah. What kind of protections do you, do you carry with you? Do you put in your home or do you not even bother at this point? Um, the only thing that I truly, truly, and honestly, truly rely on is just my faith and pretty much the tools that come with it. You know, the holy water, the salt, the black salt, sage, dragon's blood are kind of my tools. The main one is the holy water that I use and, and, um, seeing how that my dad was somebody who was a healer. Um, he had made his own stuff as well. So when he passed away, uh, I, I kind of got, I, I took those tools, you know, my mom had given them to me um, because, you know, now I'm kind of on the same path as my dad was. So she was like, this was your dad's and this is what he used when he started praying over people and, you know, his defense and his protection. This is what he used. So I kind of take those things and they're not something that you can buy at a shop because he actually made those. Yeah. Yeah. So like I have that type of stuff. So anything else I, 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 just don't, you know, because, like, I know at the end, the only thing that's going to save me is my faith. The only thing that's going to save me is the Word of God, you know. So that's my belief, and that's what I hold on to than anything else. John, John, I have a question I've been wanting to ask you. Yeah. So before I, we get into what your current projects are, I need to ask you this question. You spend an awful lot of time at Nazareth. Yes. What's up with Nazareth? I it, It's never even been on my radar till I met you. Um. Well... 
Nazareth was in, uh, how you say, was a hidden gem, so to speak. So um, I was literally one of the first teams in there besides uh, Potter Paranormal, rest in peace, Ken. So like when I went in, I was just wanting to do, because I'm a photographer, I'm a professional, professional photographer. So like I love abandoned buildings. I love old broken houses, you know, because they still have a story to tell. It doesn't matter how broken they are. They still have that story. So as a photographer, I want to capture that. So pretty much that's all I was going for. It was just, I'm going to go down and get some photos of this awesome building. The moment, <laughs> the moment I stepped in there, it was just like a rush of energy hit me. And I was like, okay, so this is how you want to play this. So I was like, all right. So literally went in there, started investigating. It has always been very active. Like every, I don't know if it's just me or anybody else, but as the stories come through more, I'm starting to see like there's a lot more activity than what meets the eye. So a lot of disembodied voices. Um, I know people have gotten bitten in there, um, scratching, uh, things moving, uh, the little play dolls are moving. The, 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 I don't want to say the soccer balls, but the, I guess there are soccer balls. I've been moved around. Um, I've literally seen footprints in there. Now, these footprints look like that's another scary story. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I can I can I can I can speak to you on that part real quick. So like if you want me to, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. So as you know, I mean I don't know if you have you know or not, but on the fifth floor is kind of like the most active floor for the Nazareth. It's only because it's the surgical room and also before Shauna had bought it or or managed it. Uh, people used to go in there, and I know I'm not going to call them out, but there's been some other paranormal teams who've broken in and actually did Ouija board sessions oh. on the fifth floor. So that caused a lot of stir-up and a lot of just darker energy. On top of that, nobody knew the, really, nobody knew the history of it either, so there was a, a fired up that, was, that happened in the Nazareth. We don't know how many deaths are in there or anything in that, in that because of that fire. So, you know, when they did the session, they could have just potentially brought something in to the Nazareth or spiked something up that was already in there. So I believe... Uh, it might be in somebody else's else's opinion, but I do believe that there is like a demonic presence on the fifth. But that's just my word. Somebody else can probably say something else. But because of my my abilities, you know, that lends me to that answer. But anyway, so <laughs> I was just going to do a photo shoot for a friend. I didn't take any of my equipment, just my camera. And of course, you know, if you're an investigator, regardless, you always have a backpack full of tools. So, I mean, I had my, my recorder in there, I had my stuff with my necrophonic in there, you know, so I always had that with me. So, um, she talked me into doing a, a small little investigation. So it was my, me, um, Shauna, her husband, and then I believe a friend of theirs. Uh, so it was only us four. So we investigated from the, the basement all the way up to the top. And then on the fifth floor, we say we literally say the fifth floor simply because you know how active it is. And once you go on there, you kind of want to either want to leave or you just kind of want to just take a break for a whole minute after you leave the fifth floor. So literally, we just say the fifth floor for last. It was raining that day, so of course thunderstorms and that energy kind of brings that you know paranormal to life, so to speak. We learned that one. Yeah. So as there's puddles and stuff inside on the fifth floor. So we go to the left side of, of, of the floor 
And of course, I'm doing what I do and I'm asking you to come forward. And if you want to come speak to us, come speak to us. Don't be shy. And I, we, we felt this rush of energy come in. And then I don't know what happened, but I sensed a shift in the air, like uh, and a new energy had came in. And I didn't like it. I was like, oh, this is not good. And as soon as I said that, it was like something had stepped on the side of my foot and splashed water on me. Now, um, when I say the sound, it sounded like um, when you're when you're either out of the shower or you're coming out of the bathtub when your foot hits the floor, uh-huh. it's that distinct sound, but you know what it sounds like. Oh, yeah. So when I heard it, I knew what it was, and I was like, what the hell? Something just splashed water on me, like barefoot. Yep. So I turned on the flashlight, looked down, and I could see like a half a footprint. And I was like, what in the world? So we're all just like, okay, that's weird. Mm. So anyways... And that really didn't phase me. I just thought it was weird. Kind of just went forward, and we went to the right-hand side, which we call its layer. That's its layer. And that's why simply we don't know if it's like a big portal there or whatever. But the more aggressive energy is on the right side of that hall. So we went over there. We all got in our corner. So I was on the top left. Her husband was on the doorway. Uh, and then Shauna and their friend were kind of near the the back side of the room on the left hand side so we're all sitting there just asking questions and then we could hear like footsteps going inside the puddles like somebody was stepping inside the puddles walking towards us we're like what in the world you know we're all quiet just listening you can hear them pop, 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 just walking towards us and i was like oh shoot yeah this is crazy so then we turn on the flashlights we're all looking outside the the, the the hall. Nothing's there. Checked around. We didn't see anything. So I was like, okay. Well, uh, how about I go in the middle? You guys stay in the top. And then Shane stays there. So Shauna and the friend were kind of where I was at. And I just moved from there. So I know there is no leaking on the roof. My area was dry. There is no puddles around me or anything. Okay. We ask again. I want you to come forward. And I was a little bit more demanding this time. So I was like, I want you to come forward now. I want you to come speak to us right now. Come speak to us. Don't be shy. Don't do this. Don't do that. Blah, blah, blah. The friend started saying, hey, there's like water splashing on me. And I was like, where? He's like, on my head. There's like water falling down on my head. I was like, dude, I was just literally right there. There's no, there's no leaks on the roof or anything. And he's like, all right, all right. And then Shauna started saying, there's water on me too. I was like, oh my gosh. So I turn on my flashlight and I point up to the roof. There's no there's no leaks. There's no nothing up there. Yeah. But there's water there's water on their stocking caps. There's water on her forehead. And she was like, What in the world? So then as soon as I say that, I put my flash down, my flashlight towards the floor, and there was literally footprints all around us. Wow. And I'm not talking like size ten. I'm talking about something that looks like size seventeen, size twenty. And the weird part about it is they were not pairs. They were just like one single foot Ooh. and different types of feet. So you would see like a foot with like four finger or four toes. Different shapes. Yeah. Yeah. And then you would see like a footprint with like curved toes, but with like long claws. Um, you would see all those. And then the weird part about it is they were all in front of each. Of each they were all in front of us. It's like I had one on me. Shane had one on him. Uh, Shauna and her friend had uh, two footprints on them. Like they were just like literally face to face with us. And <laughs> that was like the most intense I've ever felt up there with just that. Wow. I was, after seeing that, I was like, man, 
That's crazy. Yeah. But that's kind of where you're like, oh, I left something in the car. I'll be back, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, not for me. I poked a little bit more at it. So <laughs> I wanted literally, like, come on out, man. This is the price is right. Let's do something. <laughs> <laughs> did you get a response besides the footprints? Did, did something come out and talk to you? I did, and it was very intelligent. So on the on the EVPs, I caught I conver- a conversation between them both. So it was like you could hear me in the background, like "Come here, come face us," and then you could hear the EVP saying, "Want to go? Let's go." Ooh. And I was, yeah, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I've caught growls. I caught like uh, conversations between like it sounded like different languages. That place is just off the charts weird, but. Mineral wells in general is off the charts weird. I'm starting to think it's sitting on top of something. Yeah, me too. It's it's so yeah, some kind of ley lines or something. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty uh, active there. I mean, you can feel it just crossing into into downtown. Yeah, yeah. In that main stretch, you can you can feel the change in the air. It's just there's something that's like charged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I believe that. You know, so I mean, Nazareth is. By far, one of my my favorite places, as far as in Texas, I would have to say, you know, uh, Nazareth, Yorktown. Um, Yorktown, we had an experience in there that was pretty crazy as well. But uh, because I was filming, I really can't say too much about it. Nope. So <laughs> I get that. <laughs> so speaking of filming, do you have projects coming up that you can talk about? Well, uh, right now I'm with uh, Shooting Into the Fear. Um, which we are shooting pilots right now, and then we're going to start trying to shop those around. As far as personal projects, of course, I'm doing my own YouTube stuff. Spooky Boy is is a nickname of mine, but I'm going to brand it as something else. Uh, so I got that coming up. Also, I'm writing a book as well, uh, pretty much that goes with, like, um, um, because of, I don't want to call myself a media. I'm just like, I'm too... How do you say hesitant to call myself something? So like, I don't want to say that I'm a medium, but on those, yeah. So on the ability part of myself, I'm writing a book solely on my notes because every time I go into investigation, I always have notes. Like I go into a closet or a room in the darkest room and I'll just literally just write what it's coming to me. So I pick up everything what I'm writing. So the book is, is like mainly my notes, my handwritten notes, along with the photography for the location. So it kind of gives you what I'm picked up at the location at this. So it kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, my abilities and my photography skills, you know, so that's what that book is about. So I would read your book. I'm just putting that out there. Great. I, I, I would read your book. Definitely. Well, thank you. Yeah. Your experiences are very, they're very intriguing. Um, like a lot of people come in and they they talk about their experiences, but they're very similar, right? Yours yeah. kind of steps out of the the normal <laughs> every day. Yeah, definitely. Hey, I saw a shadow figure. Hey, I I caught this EVP. <laughs> no, yours is like, well, they stand outside my house and they kind of posture at me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and like, with, I mean, it was. I don't really got a name for myself because, like. um People are trying to call me a medium. I don't like the word. I don't like the term medium. They like to say uh, I'm an exorcist. I don't like the term of exorcist either. Um, it's it's so that, like a friend of mine from the other team named Cat. 
she was like, yeah, you're kind of like a, like she just kind of threw a shadow walker almost. And it's kind of like how I'm working in the light, but I am able to go into the shadow to yeah. pick up what I need. So therefore I'm kind of like a shadow walker, you know, working the light of God, but able to step into the darkness to get the stuff to get my, I like that. My uh, answers for, um, so I kind of like the shadow. Walk. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if God were to empower a warrior on his team, he would give him the mm-hmm. tools of the enemy, right. <laughs> to use against him. Yeah. I was just going to yeah, call him exactly. a demon wrangler. A <laughs> Demon wrangler. <laughs> He's from Texas. <laughs> I was going to say Texas. Yeah. The wild <laughs> West wrangle the demons. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've had a, I had an older, another producer who was uh, calling me the Demon Slayer or something like that. And I was like, that sounds like a, a I don't know, a hair band from like the 80s. Or right? <laughs> Either that or a video game. <laughs> John, John, Demon Slayer. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. You know I, um, I like Shadow, Shadow Walker. Shadow we're going to stick with that because it's yeah. got an air of mystery to it. It does. And it fits. Yeah. And it fits. And, yeah. Hey, John, I have a question. Yes. Um, and this is really off the wall and strange, uh, I'm sure. Oh, you dear. Do you ever pick up on <laughs> scents, smells like sulfur or brimstone or anything like that when you're in close mm-hmm. proximity to um, any of these yes. dark entities? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the one in Wisconsin, I got like a very um, sulfur smell with it. And it was almost like smelling also like the smell of death. So, I mean, it's, it's nothing like you would compare it. I mean, it's, it's, you would have to compare it to like, like that, but the smell alone kind of makes you just, um, want to throw up. You feel nauseated. It's, yeah. it's, it's a horrific smell. And of course there's some that, I mean, you have to be safe about throwing the, the, the demon word around, you know, cause a lot of places don't have the signatures for a true demonic haunting. You know, they just like to, play around because, Hey, I get recognition. For, right. Right. You know, but if you truly been around it, I mean, you can tell by the smell, you can tell by the interaction with people. You can even tell by the, the residents that are living in the house, you know, you can tell by all that, you know? So, but yes, to answer your question, I've encountered those smells before and, and you know, it's, it's something demonic because it doesn't linger. It just hits you and it goes and it feels like it has a, uh, in a, how do you say a movement of its own like it's knowing what it's doing you know and it'll move throughout the entire house you know and it's very intelligent you know so yeah I've, I've encountered some of those before alright very interesting have you ever come across um, a coppery like a copper penny metallic. metallic in your mouth in your mouth in your sinuses uh, I had it in my mouth I had it in my mouth like a couple of times just kind of rolls in and hits you and then dissipates uh, well, the one place that I, I do remember having it at was, I'm not going to say where the location, but I can say the town it's because they're part of the city. <laughs> so, um, we had a case in Marlin, um, and that was like one of the cases I had before I went to Tombstone. So I really didn't know my abilities too well. So I would let things come and be part of my being. So I made a mistake by doing that and I paid the price for it. So when it kind of was trying to become one with me, I was before that I was starting to get like a, a bloody taste in my mouth. Like I, I didn't have blood in my mouth, but I could taste it. So it was almost like a penny in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And um, after all that, I kind of just zoned out for a little bit. And 
apparently I was trying to open portals, which I have no idea. Back then I didn't know how to do, but I was trying to open portals. I was doing scrying, which I didn't know how to do either back then. Um, I knew about it, but I didn't know how to do it. But apparently I was doing all of that. Um, this place had the old fashioned big light bulbs and I was going over there with my bare hands and actually turning them off. And you could hear like the sizzle in my hands as I'm turning them off. I had to be escorted outside. Now, once I was outside and across the street, I literally threw up like black tar type of stuff and blood with it. And, um, I had a baby out there for, I don't know how long, but, um, that's what happened to me at that place. But so, yeah, that's, that's, that's the first time I have encountered, uh, and the only time really, uh, that encounter like that copper taste in your mouth was that. We were somewhere recently and we both got hit with it and it was mm-hmm. just really like strong Yeah, in the sinuses and the yeah. back of the throat, everything. And, but we didn't, we didn't have any of the other side effects that you had. So thank God for that. <laughs> I was kind of expecting, I was expecting them, but they didn't come. Yeah, I was expecting something, but yeah. I, haven't reviewed, I haven't reviewed any of the cameras from that either. So uh, I got you. I know, at, um, I know a fellow investigator named Gary, uh, we were in your town and he was laying on one of the beds there and he felt like he had like a, a copper taste in the back of his throat, almost like blood type of uh, taste to it uh unfortunately there was something that happened to him later on in the evening but i can't really say but something bad happened to him um but uh we'll leave it at that but yeah he had the same taste in his mouth and something bad happened to him as well i think we were lucky i do too (laughs) i think so i think so i think we were lucky the worst the worst thing that happened to us that weekend was something creepy was following me around oh man that's crazy yeah, that, I've had that too. I mean, I was a teenager once and I played with a Ouija board and I had things follow me as well. And it was not very pleasant at that time. <laughs> no, it just, we, we were investigating, um, I, I guess I can say we were investigating in Ballinger. Uh, and mm-hmm. while we were there, something creepy just kind of took a liking to me and followed me around the building. He didn't yep. follow me out of the building. He just followed me around the building. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. It was fun. Fun times. Fun times. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I really, another thing too that, that, I mean, my team members know about this part, but I, I mean, people don't really know, but I really don't go for like the big tour places. Like, I feel like, I've noticed that's that. Like a vacation. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a vacation for me to go to those type of places. So I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, we're going to relax, <laughs> you know? Um, but like residentials are kind of like, the thing that I take very, very seriously. Um, so I'm usually out there doing more residentials than anything else. And I know a lot of teams try to stay, uh, stay away from that simply because, you know, there's a lot of risks involved. You know, I've had a gun pull out on me a couple of times. I know somebody else who handles my cases that's happened to you as well. Um, we've been attacked. Um, you name it. Uh, we've been in those weird situations before, you know, having to sit there and play counselor, you know, when the couples yeah. are at each other's throat, yep. you know, it's, it's an odd situation, including, you know, when you go into a place as well. And the five-year-old is the one that's getting told to go cut her parents' throat at night. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> at the same time, the parents have shotguns in their faces, you know, and it's like, Whoa, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, I guess my calling is, 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 based because of that, you know, not too many people like to handle demonic cases, 
And some say they do, but realistically, you really don't want to, you know, because of all the threats that are, in, are there. You know, there's so many things going on within that house. It's hard to determine who to look out for because eventually, you know, you got a demonic presence there. You got the influence of what it takes, you know, either the parents, the, the kids, or not even that, the potential that it can influence one of your team members as well. Right. You know, yeah. it's, there's, there's just a lot going on, you know. So I'm, you know, when other teams don't want them, I'm here to take them, you know, and I always, I always, always, always tell that. And I say that on social media, if you cannot handle it, I will take it. I will gladly take it. It's led me to like alien cases before, which is weird. <laughs> so like, it's, it's been crazy. <laughs> I can only imagine that would be. John, John, before we wrap up, mm-hmm. go ahead and promote yourself. You want to, you want to talk about your links? You want to talk about your Instagram, Facebook? Yeah, so uh, well, I got a lot of pages, so we'll just stick with the main one. So on YouTube, it is uh, Spooky Boy Paranormal Podcast, and Spooky is with an I, and the boy is with an I. So Spooky Boy Paranormal Podcast is on YouTube. Uh, my Instagram, which I post a lot of my behind the scenes and location photos, are all black and white simply because I'm a a uh, fan of the medium black and white, but you can find me there on John John Photos 33. And then there's Facebook, where you can find Dark Explorers Paranormal Team. Um, if you really need help as well, you can look up Dark Explorers Paranormal Team, Blue Bonnet Paranormal in Moody, Texas, um, and also Into the Fear as well, the TV show. So um, you can find me on all that. And pretty much johnjohnsphotos.com is on there on there as well. So... You are a I'm pretty much doing busy boy. John John. All right. <laughs> yeah. We haven't even talked about storm chasing yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other episode, dude. You got you got a lot oh, of yeah. stories. I love it. I absolutely love it. Appreciate it. We we have to wrap up for now. No problem. Uh, um, hope you come back and talk about the storm chasing. Yeah. You got my interest on that one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I've been doing it for seven years, so I got a lot of stories too. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming and spending time with us. I think yes. our listeners are going to absolutely love you. I appreciate it. And uh, just let me know when you want me back, and I'll jump back on. All right. I'm holding you to that. Thank you, John John. No problem. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hey, if you like what you hear, and how could you not? We are freaking adorable. Check us out as Crazy Cat Paranormal on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. The links will be in the show notes.